0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos. Whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks, be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of things to get into today, of course. We're going to be joined by Chris Murray of nevadasportsnet.com who was able to talk to us a little bit more about the possibility of Eric Musselman being the next head coach of the Razorback basketball team, even though, I mean, let's, we don't even know where we're going with this. And that's really where I want to start the podcast with, folks. And, and again, I, I know you're frustrated. I know you're tired. I know you're annoyed. I know you're emotional. I, I know that you are going through a lot of mental hula hoops right now when it comes as to this coaching search. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that just, you know, you got somebody like me on this podcast that is talking about different things and giving you different names and playing out different scenarios for you. And it makes it very difficult for you to know who to believe because right now the coaching search is, you (laughs) know, it's in a place that uh, nobody knows what's going on. Uh, Nobody knows what's actually happening. Nobody has an indication Nobody has an idea. You hear sources of this, that, and the other. And it's it's at the point now, folks, where I am telling all of you, all of you listening, don't believe anybody. Don't. Don't believe any local media. Don't believe any national media. Don't believe anybody. I understand you are hungry for information. I am too. You are hungry. You are starving for information any type of little bit of inkling of information that you can share, that you can know, that you can hear, you can, you can talk about when it deals with the coaching search because you are intrigued. You're invested. You're emotionally invested, and I get that. I and mean, it's hard to just say, okay, don't care about it. Move on and just wait. You can't just do that simply, and I understand that too. But, folks, I'm telling you right now, for your own mental health, it might be the best thing for some of you to do. I wish I could do it. If it wasn't for my job, I probably would do the same thing because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being told millions of different things by millions of different people and none of them being actually factually correct. Like, it, it's just that stupid right now. It is that stupid. So, when you're listening to this podcast and you want to come on here, you want to hear my thoughts about certain coaches like we have with Kelvin Sampson. Of course, we're going to know a lot more about – Eric Musselman here in just a bit because these are possible candidates or at least were possible candidates we'll see how everything plays out but we have no idea no indication of anything the local media doesn't know anything and I'm that's coming from somebody that's actually in the local media so I wish I could sit here and tell you that no 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 no, don't, don't don't worry we we got it down pat we know exactly what we're doing uh, I wish I could say that right now, but it just there's too much information out there. It's oh information overload, where everybody's got a source, everybody's got somebody in the know, everybody's been hearing something, been seeing something, they they you know came through the grapevine, whatever it is, and it's just none of it is coming to fruition. Yesterday was an absolute dumpster fire for the media. You had reports that Eric Eric Musselman was the leading candidate. You had reports that Eric Musselman was in Fayetteville. You had reports that the press conference was going to be set up yesterday because of Bud Walton Arena having pictures of of press conference, an introductory press conference being set up. You had that. You just had nonsense going on, and none of it was true. None of it. I mean, obviously the Bud Walton thing was true because you actually had physical evidence of it, but no press conference was happening that night or planned to it. But everyone's starved for information, and we in the media feel like we're inclined and obligated to give you something, to give you some sort of information. And it gets in the it get the real thing gets in the way sometimes of what's actually right. And so my whole feeling on this coaching search is one that's not of surprise because it's never easy in razorback basketball, razorback football, those two sports especially to hire coaches because it's always going to be something ridiculous it's going to be something so dumb so stupid that happens all the time and it's never going to be easy I wish it was but it's never going to be easy so if that's the case then what? what 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 do you have to look forward to what are you hoping for what do you want to hear on this podcast because as many of you pointed out I'll say one thing on a podcast and the next day my podcast is completely opposite of what I talked about the previous day and that, does that make me look like a chump? Probably, but I don't care. I'm just going with the information and the things that are happening in the time that they are happening. But just because, listen, I've heard more stuff, and I thought about sharing it with all of you on this podcast. But, you know, I'm at the point where I don't even know, and I don't want to keep relaying you BS that ends up not being true. Or at least... Not to the extent that I'm giving it to you I don't want to quench your thirst For information When you're just going to spit it back out Because it's false And you know It's just that's not what I want to do And I don't want to keep doing that And keep Like every podcast I feel like I'm doing Is just like Alright folks here's the latest But then tomorrow It won't even be the same So here are a few of my Guesses Assumptions Using common sense Not using Anything Anything but common sense. I'm not going off of what people have told me. I'm not going off of what I think is going to happen because of this person once said this at some point. I'm like, I don't want to do that to you. These are just some of the things that I feel like is going to happen. First off, I don't think the coach will be announced until after the Final Four. Until next week. I feel like you're going to have to wait throughout the weekend before you get a head coaching announcement that's just my thought on it now that may be difficult for some of you to deal with and it may be difficult for some of you to have to <laughs> go through the weekend without knowing it, that's a tough thing to do i know but that just would be my guess names are getting thrown around all the time and i don't think the names that are being thrown around is the ones that hunter check is really going after because there's one of two things happening folks this goes into the other common sense assumption that I'm using, even though I'm giving you two options. Because these are the things I don't know. One of two things are happening. Either one, Hunter check, Board of Trustees, the administration, are in desperation mode where they have no idea what's going on. The candidates that they want to come to Arkansas are not coming to Arkansas. They have no idea what to do with any of it. They are just pissing in the wind, freaking out, grasping at straws. And they're going to end up with some dumpster fire of a hire. That's what one of the things may happen. Or two. Which is the hope that we all have. Or two. Hunter check, the Board of Trustees, and the administration have all been playing full-fledged misdirection. Throwing you off of the scent. Making you believe that certain coaches are in the running. Making you hear names... Maybe even interviewing a few guys, putting a few names out there, to distract you and me and all of us off of the real scent. When they have somebody over here in the bag, or somebody that they're really going after, hot and heavy. Those are the one of two things that can happen. And yet, if you're using common sense, you know that because if they would have had a, if they if they had their coach already like we were led to believe, they would have hired him. And maybe, just maybe, the coach that they're looking at is still coaching. Now, that's a bold statement, and that's one that I know a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's bull crap, and you might be right. But it is an option that's out there. And so if, if their coach is still coaching, That's another reason why they will wait until into the weekend to figure out who is going to be the guy and who they're going to hire. So those are just a few of my guesses and assumptions, just basing it off of common sense, not basing it off what I've heard. But I'm telling you right now, folks, this university does not, and I repeat, do not have a problem with spending big time money. That is something that I will share with you. I am hearing that the University of Arkansas and the people involved are willing to put forth up to $6 million a year for one particular coach. A big-time coach. $6 million. Money is not a problem. And it's not really an option either. I hope that the second part of this podcast I've talked about is right. I hope that they're going to go out and get somebody that's a rock star hire. I hope that every one of you are happy with the hire and that Hunter Yerchek and the Board of Trustees and the administration did their job and did it right. But when it comes down to this, folks, since we're still in the waiting process, at least as of right now when I'm recording this podcast, just worry about the baby. Worry about having the healthy baby. Don't worry about the labor pains. Labor pains suck. Labor pains are frustrating. They're annoying. They hurt. But if the end result is something great, grand, and wonderful, then the labor pains would have been all worth it. Just wait. Be patient, and we'll see what happens in the coming days. But right now, just chill. locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Let's welcome in Chris Murray of NevadaSportsNet.com, who joins us, who's been talking about this story on his social media account. Chris, really appreciate you joining us this morning. How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're trying to make sense out of this insanity that is a coaching search. It's always fun here in Arkansas when we're talking about coaches and football and in basketball. And basketball is the latest thing. And Eric Musselman, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris, I was on top of this Eric Musselman thing as when I started looking at him and researching him. I was like, okay, if Arkansas made this higher, it's pretty solid. And then it looked like he was going to be the guy. People were reporting he was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Then Nevada came out and said, no, he's actually not here. So what can you tell us about this story and the latest update that you have? What's going on right now with Eric Musselman and the connection to Arkansas?
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the candidates for sure, uh, and I think it would be accurate to say that he has interest in the position. But he clearly was not as far down the road as many people in Arkansas were reporting yesterday. I mean, I made enough calls to know that he was not in Fayetteville yesterday. I mean, I actually walked over to his office just to you know double check. Uh, he wasn't in his, his office at the time. His son was. Uh, you know, Michael Musselman was a graduate assistant on the team this past season. Um, you know, He didn't give me any insight uh, you know, on the situation, but I made enough calls to know that uh, he was still in Reno yesterday. He has not been out to Fayetteville since uh, he was an assistant coach at LSU, and they played there uh, five seasons ago. So I, I wouldn't say that that doesn't mean that he doesn't have interest or that he's not a candidate. He, he certainly is a candidate, and I do think that he would have interest in at least exploring uh, You know, what, what could be offered at that side. Um, but it's not like uh, Arkansas had zeroed in on him, and he's the guy and they flew him makes blue the private jet and all that kind of stuff. But to get to your first point, I mean, I think he would be a very good hire. Uh, he's done, you know, wonders with Nevada. I mean, he inherited the team that was coming off three straight losing seasons. Uh, had won only nine games the year prior to his hiring, only seven of those were against Division one teams. And in his first four seasons at Nevada, he has 110 victories. Uh, he has four Mountain West championships. He has three NCAA tournament appearances. Has a Sweet 16. He won a CBI title in his first year, which which might not seem like a great thing, but he basically inherited a, a roster with, with nine wins and flipped it over to 24 wins and won a, a CBI in his first season. And showed you that um, you know he can develop talent that's that's already in place. So um, you know I think if you're if you're Arkansas, uh, he might not have been your first choice. It might have been Kelvin Sampson, but I think you can do a lot worse than Eric Musselman as your head basketball coach.
0: So what would you say his strengths are as a coach? Because a lot of coaches, it's defense, it's offense, it can be recruiting and all that. What, what is it that makes Eric Musselman a successful coach at Nevada?
1: Yeah, I think he's recruited really well. He's obviously used a very different template than most people. I mean, most people, uh, you know, they want to build their team with high school players, and they want to augment it with the junior college or division one transfers. And He's been the complete opposite. He's, uh, You know, he went into Nevada thinking, I'm going to take 50% high school players and 50% transfers. And, uh, you know, he's, he's basically gotten to the point where he takes 100% transfers and, and 0% high school players. And, you know, that works at Nevada. I don't know if that works at a power five school. I think that that's probably one of the reasons maybe he hasn't been – a candidate for as many power conference schools as, as you would expect, given the resume I laid out there, is because he uses a very different, uh, you know, transfer model to to build his team. And uh, you know, would he have to change that? And would he have success getting high school players uh, if he went to a, an SEC school where you know junior college guys, you know, are not going to really thrive, and, and Division one guys, you know, they might thrive, but they got to stay out of here. So, um, you know, I think he is. He's very good at, at catching. Uh, you know, at figuring out. Which players are being underserved at their current school at Division One schools? Because almost all of the transfers are D one guys, and being able to get the most out of them. He's a very good player development coach. I mean, you look at his—he he was only in the G League for two years, but some of the greatest success stories out of that league all happened under him: Jeremy Lin, before Lynn Sanity, Gerald Green, Steve Novak, uh, Danny Green. All of these guys, uh, he helped launch into NBA careers and made pretty big deals in the NBA. So he can develop guys very well. Um, I think he's a master motivator as well. I mean, you're not going to see a team in the nation play harder than his team. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from his dad. His dad was a two-time NBA head coach, uh, had great success with the Minnesota Gophers. Um, and he he is just driven uh, by basketball. He, he is insane about winning basketball games. Um, and I think that rubs off on his players. And he surrounds himself uh, with players who have a similar mindset. I think Nevada has been better offensively than defensively during his tenure, although it was still in top 30 in 10 common defense this year, so it was a good defensive team. And I think the reason that Nevada has been so good generally uh, on offense is because he's been able to identify and find shooters. And really, he plays a modern style of ball. I mean, they're going to shoot 27 to 33-pointers a game. Uh, They really haven't used traditional centers until this season. Uh, They've tried to really spread you out and and get to the free throw line and then drive at the three-point line. And that's, that's kind of how the NBA plays now is, uh, you know, take as many threes as you can as long as they're open shots and get to the free throw line, which are usually easy, cheap points.
0: Speaking with Chris Murray of NevadaSportsNet.com right now on the Morning Rush. Chris, from the videos I looked up of Eric Musselman, the guy has energy, man. I mean, the guy is mm-hmm. all over the place. I've seen him in his post game celebrations, and everyone knows about the NCAA tournament uh, two years ago where you know, his shirt was coming off. It just was a crazy, energetic guy. And from just from you covering him, what is he like with with fans, with media? Just off off the court itself, what is he like as in his personality? And is he really relatable and approachable by many of the fans?
1: Yeah, he's the most interesting coach uh, I've covered, and I've been covering Nevada for the last uh, seventeen years. And uh, I think the reason he's so interesting is because, like you said, I mean, he is he's just himself at Nevada. I think that's one of the benefits. And one of the things the Wolfpack will sell is you can take off your shirt and be a crazy man, and everybody in this community is going to love you and not think, you know, what, what is this coach doing? I mean, he can chew out a player on the court, uh, which he's done, and, and people uh, won't have issue with it because they, they know he's trying to get the best out of that player a lot. You know, Tom Izzo uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then that little mini-controversy. Um, you know, the taking off the shirt thing uh, has kind of been his go-to celebration over the years. And, and for a 54-year-old, I mean, he like you said, he has a ton of energy, um, you know, he's a guy who, uh, I think as well as, he, as he's done in, in winning games, I think it's been even more impressive what he's done in getting people back into Lawler Event Center, the uh, home arena for the Nevada basketball team. Wolfpack was averaging about 5,000 fans per game uh, the year prior to him being hired. Just last year, they sold out season tickets with about two months to go before the season started. That's the first time they've ever done that. Um, they were basically at capacity this season. Their average home attendance is right around 11,000. We're an arena that holds eleven thousand five hundred and sixty people. Uh, they were fourth on the West Coast in attendance, behind BYU, New Mexico, and Arizona uh, programs that have always drawn really well. And those programs all have twenty thousand uh capacity arena so if you go by you know the average attendance per capacity nevada was the best on the west coast and it's because of of how he's connected with the community it's because of uh his willingness to do outreach stuff and as well as his wife who is a former espn broadcaster she did a lot of events in the community does a lot of events in the community and then he's great on social media i mean some he'll do whatever necessary on social media to not only build up his program but he did uh, prior to last season, he did, you know, little uh, individual videos for each of the other um, sports on campus, uh, you know, him acting as a swimmer, him acting as a basketball player, him acting as a football player, him acting as a golfer uh, to try and get some, you know, notoriety for, for what those events were coming up, and, you know, they, they were having their season openers in other sports, so he's become the face of Wolfpack Athletics, and uh, I think that's why so many fans, fans were, were freaking out yesterday, is because they thought they were losing that face and they. They thought, uh, you know, that, that this was the time he was going to make the jump. I think everybody assumes he's going to make the jump at some point. Um, you know, people are just questioning, is, is Arkansas the right job for him to make that jump? Is it a good enough job, uh, you know, to give up what he's built at Nevada? And, and you know, until that offer comes, and, and it may not come, uh, he won't be able to answer that question. But but I don't think this is necessarily a Mark Q situation where, where Coach Musselman is going to be here for two or three decades.
0: All right, last one for what you get out of here, Chris. Just make a prediction, man. Look into your crystal ball. Do you feel like Eric Musselman's going to be the next head coach of Arkansas, or do you think he stays at Nevada?
1: I think if he gets an offer, it's going to be hard to turn down. I think he, he'll he probably accept it. I mean, you're talking about a raise of two and a half times what he makes now. He makes a million dollars, uh, you know, with ticket bonuses and stuff, probably 1.2, 1.3 million. But, I mean, if Arkansas is going to start him at two and a half to $3 million, that's hard to turn down. I think it's a good job. I mean, not the best job in the SEC, but it's certainly not the worst. I mean, he had the opportunity to take the Cal job two off-seasons ago, and I think really smartly turned that down. That was a tough decision for him, because he has his family still in the Bay Area. Um, but but this is a much better job than Cal. I mean, you look at the practice facility, you look at the new academic center, you look at the money that's been put into the arena, you look at the fact that they've won a national championship there, and it's been a, a long, long time since they've gotten to a Sweet 16 Um, but yeah, I think everything lines up that this is probably a top 45, you know, job in the nation. And if that offer comes, I don't know that it was, you know, the the exact place that he, you know, had had foreseen himself jumping to from Nevada. Um, you know, most of his roots are still on the West Coast. His, his, uh, you know, young uh, son who's starting, um, college next year is going to be on the West Coast. He has a home down in La Jolla, California, as well as Reno. I think everything was pointing to the West Coast, but you don't know if an opportunity like this is going to come again at a, at a really good program with a really good fan base. So I, I do think if the offer comes, he, he probably makes the jump, unless Nevada can really talk him into, you know, if you hang out a little bit longer, we might be able to get you to a, a better job. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that, that the offer is necessarily a, a certainty. Um, you know, I think people have kind of painted it that way, um, but I, I don't know that, that it, that's, uh, you know, going to be the final outcome from Arkansas's decision, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I do feel like if the offer comes, you know, Nevada's probably in the market for a new coach.
0: Chris Murray of NevadaSportsNet.com dot com. You can follow him on Twitter at N S N. Really appreciate you joining us, Chris. Great insight. I know it's early for you out there, but it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how the next few days play out. Appreciate you hopping on with us, my man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys have a good day.
0: You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush RushJohnNavors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.